Back in January, ComEd, Illinois' largest utility that serves most of northern Illinois, including the city of Chicago, released ComEd 2030, their plan on providing clean power for more than 4 million customers. For CEO Gil Quinones and company, that means hitting big marks, like enabling almost 2 million EVs by 2030, 1 billion in energy assistance for customers, integrating DERS, and of course, procuring more clean power. And what we are trying to do there is by 2030, we want at least, we're hoping a little bit more, at least 97% of the electricity we deliver will be carbon-free, meaning matched uh, on an hourly basis. It's a big job, especially when working under Illinois' bigger goal of 100% clean power by 2045. If done right, ComEd's path would be a big win for the state's clean energy goals and energy equity in the region. So, but the more we utilize, we increase the utilization of the grid, uh, then it will make it more, um, it will put downward pressure and make it more affordable for everyone. Because we're really worried that in this energy transition, we want to make sure that no one is left behind. This is With Great Power, a show about the people building the future grid today. I'm Brad Langley. Some people say utilities are slow to change, they don't innovate fast enough. And it might not always seem like the most cutting-edge industry, but there are lots of people working really hard to make the grid cleaner, more reliable, and more equitable. This week, I'm speaking with Gil Quinones, CEO of ComEd. know we spend a third of our lives at work? If you've been thinking, ah, oh, I should be fighting climate change with all that time, I have great news. The new season of Degrees, Real Talk About Planet Saving Careers, is all about how to green your job. Come join us and follow and listen to Degrees on your favorite podcast listening app today. Gills had energy in his mind since he was a kid growing up in the Philippines. In high school, he won a national prize at the science fair by developing briquettes made from rice waste as an alternative to expensive cooking fuels. In his professional life, he's tackled problems of energy and sustainability in another major American city, New York. In the public sector, he served as a part of Mayor Bloomberg's administration working on clean energy and climate policy. And privately, he's held roles at utilities like Con Ed and the New York Power Authority. Now he's spearheading Chicago's energy transition with an emphasis on equity for the city's underserved communities. If we do not succeed, then we will not be able to achieve the goals of our law here in Illinois, which includes addressing under-resourced communities, uh, those who are the most vulnerable from the impacts of climate change. Gil believes the customer always comes first. So I asked him how ComEd is taking into account customer affordability as they move ahead with their low-carbon plan. Well, the good thing is we're starting from a very strong position. We're, we're a utility with one of the lowest average residential bills in the United States. So what we need to do going forward is to figure out those technologies that can actually lower the overall energy burden. So if you if you take into consideration gasoline and either natural gas, propane, oil for heating, 
uh, and not just look at the electricity portion of the of the pie, that there is actually an opportunity to reduce the overall energy burden of a home and make it more predictable rather than volatile like gasoline when you electrify. Now, that's not going to happen overnight, and, and we need to upgrade the grid, the generation part. Uh, again, we're blessed here in Illinois because of all the nuclear plants here. Most of the electricity here is already carbon-free. So we're starting from a strong position. And in terms of affordability, we believe that if we implement the technologies in an optimum way, uh, especially with all of the incentives that are available, that we can actually reduce the energy burden of uh, families here in, in our service territory. And I have to assume people are very receptive to that when you're doing community outreach or community engagement and you know making people aware of the programs that are available to them. Do you guys get any pushback, any concern, or are you being met with pretty open arms and and uh, an openness to to make these kinds of changes in these in these communities? Good reception, uh, but we need to educate our customers. These are new technologies. You know, there aren't a lot of contractors of, that are installing heat pumps and are comfortable in doing so. So we need to make that journey uh, simpler. Uh, we probably need to hold their hands at the beginning portions of this energy transition uh, until the supply chain, the contractor community are all going to be uh, fully up to the capacity and the expertise to be part of the transition. And we know that that's our role. So we were developing tools. For example, if you want to buy an EV, you can go to an app that we've developed here at ComEd and we'll guide you on, on how to buy an EV and how that might impact your, your life, et cetera. Same thing with heat pump. So we were developing apps and 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 other tools to to make it simpler. So in a city like Chicago, which has a large population and you know demands from both residential and CNI customers, as, as you're heading towards these 2030 goals, how would you describe the actual power needs of your service territory and how you will meet those in conjunction with this uh, 2030 goal? Well, what's interesting is that with electrification picking up between now and 2030, we view our load as increasing. I'll give you an example. We're fast, fastly becoming uh, a capital for data centers. Uh, we connected about 21 data centers since 2019 for a load of about 1,800 megawatts new load. And we have about another 17 or 18 in the pipeline, but now even bigger data centers because not only of the internet, but, but AI to the tune of 2,800 and even more. It can go all the way up to 5,000 megawatts of load. Data centers, battery manufacturing, uh, EV supply chain type companies. So we were viewing our load as growing when historically it's been either flat or declining because of the aggressive energy efficiency programs. So that's one thing that, that we need to be prepared for. The Midwest, especially in our service territory in Northern Illinois, we have more industrial load 
than, say, a service territory of Con Edison Company of New York, which is more commercial and service-based e- economy. So our, our load is more dense and, and higher. So we our grid needs to be prepared for that type of load as well. Since uh, 2016, you've worked with the DOE to develop a self-sustaining microgrid in Chicago's historically black Bronzeville neighborhood. I think it's dubbed kind of a community of the future type of project where you've leveraged government grants, solar, power, storage, and other climate tech to set up a microgrid independent of the city's power. Uh, pretty fascinating project. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's I'm really, really excited about that project. It's first in the nation. Uh, in terms of scale, yes, it's in Bronzeville, which is just a great, great neighborhood. It's basically the Harlem of the Midwest. A lot of very famous, uh, you know, people came through Bronzeville. You know, Dinah Washington, Herbie Hancock, uh, among others, uh, came from very, very rich culture. And what we developed there is not only a microgrid, what made it really cool is that we developed a controller of this microgrid that will allow it to talk to a neighboring adjacent microgrid owned and operated by the Illinois Institute of Technology. So if you look at this system, there are actually two microgrids and we develop the brain that can control both so that both can share resources as if it was one uh, microgrid, and it's 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 a it's a great a project. It's now a living lab. The, the thing I like about it because the engagement of the community, they've been telling us what their needs are. Uh, we're putting EV uh, charging station now for multifamily homes. Uh, we have solar, we have battery, um, and and it's a place now where we're testing various type of technologies, but testing them not for the sake of pushing technology to the neighborhood, but the neighborhood's telling us what they need. And so we put, for example, smart street lights that they, they, they wanted. So it's, it's really a living lab of, uh, and a testbed for new technologies on top of just being this really cool uh, microgrid. For other utilities maybe considering similar initiatives, what was the process for choosing the community where this would be rolled out and why ultimately was was um, Bronzeville the right choice? Yeah, Bronzeville also is the home of many of the city's uh, mission-critical buildings. So the fire and police and other state agencies that help operate the city are located there. So that was the other motivation that it was a not only for the neighborhood, but it also will support uh, mission critical agencies of the city. So it was the combination that uh, made us uh, choose that site. The, the engagement also of the, the community, they really wanted this and they wanted it to be this living, living laboratory. Uh, we, you know, we, we ask our partners, contractors and vendors to, to hire, uh, people in the neighborhood to help in the, in the installation of these, uh, technologies. We partnered with them also to have targeted, 
a STEM program in the high school in the neighborhood. So it, it, it's really now growing to this holistic approach of how do we evolve this neighborhood into a model, uh, clean technology hub. I love the mention of the STEM program in high school because ultimately it is the younger generation that's going to be so critical to, you know, exhibiting the behaviors that we need to really decarbonize. So bringing that to the schools, I think, is a really, really smart idea. Absolutely. And, and you know, we that's one of our programs. Uh, ComEd, we, we really begin in middle school. We, we have a very active STEM program here, beginning with middle schoolers to, to really spark their interest in, uh, in exploring math and science more. And then we, we work to the high school here, the Chicago public school system. Uh, in parallel, we also have a pro workforce development for the next generation of line workers. Uh, we, we need more line workers. Uh, and electricians and, and technicians. And that also provides a, a career, a good career path for those who may not want to go to a four-year college. And we work very closely with the community colleges here in, in, in our service territory to, to achieve that. It, it is so important because we are going to need everyone to be a part in, uh, finding solutions and implementing the solutions to to make sure that this energy transition happens uh, effectively and efficiently and and benefits everyone. One last question on the Bronzeville project. What kind of benefits are you seeing and have on residents in the area? Well, I, I think the the first thing is they know that they now have probably the most reliable and resilient community and in the world, you know, ComEd, by the way, we, we were, uh, uh, based on our benchmarking of large utilities in the United States. Uh, we were the most reliable utility in, in 2022 and in 2021. Uh, so we're very proud of that. So just imagine, you know, within the most reliable utility, now you have this microgrid. So they are really the most reliable area probably in the United States. Uh, so that's one benefit. The, the other benefit that I think is even more profound is just the engagement of the community. We have an advisory board comprised of community leaders and nonprofit group leaders in Bronzeville uh, and the, the school system. And we meet, you know, quarterly to explore what else, what else can we do together? And, and I think it's a model. I think that's how utilities will need to engage going forward with uh, communities in their service territory. ComEd is obviously doing a lot to ensure an equitable transition as evidenced by our conversation here, but are there still any lingering concerns that you have about truly making it equitable? And, and if so, how are you addressing those? In our grid plan that we put together, we put together a five-year grid plan uh, as required by our regulators here, that we made sure, for example, that our investments in system performance and capacity expansion 
that we are at least 40-50% of those investments touch and benefit what we call here EIEC or equity investment eligible communities. That That's the classification of under-resourced or disadvantaged communities. So we, we try uh, and and design our program, change the, the way we prioritize, screen and prioritize our investment, not just in the grid, but our programs like in energy efficiency and renewables and EV. We have intentionally put uh, criteria to make sure that at least 40% of our uh, of the benefits of those investment impact uh, what we call EIEC communities. So, you know, that, that that is something that we need to execute well. We need to keep at it because that's the only way to ensure that uh, no one is left behind. So last question, and we end every one of our episodes with this. Uh, we call this show with great power, which is a nod to the energy industry, obviously, but it's also a uh, a famous Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. What superpower do you bring to the energy transition? What superpower? I I think my superpower is grit. I think we need grit to make this transition successful. So we need the passion and the perseverance. It's not an easy an easy thing to do. We're balancing a lot of a lot of needs. Uh you know, the climate, of course, is one, uh, reducing GHG, uh, but we're also trying to address equity. Uh, we need to address a just transition in terms of jobs and economic opportunity. And, you know, when you have multiple things that you're trying to solve, it, it, it can get pretty complex rather quickly. I started in an investor-owned utility. I then worked for city government in New York City and then state government at the New York Power Authority and now back in investor-owned utility here in the great city of Chicago and, and northern Illinois. And without grit, I don't think uh, we will be successful. So that will be my superpower. I think people will say, yes, Gil, grit, you know, they're saying, I get it. I love that. I think somebody who has spent a lot yourself a lot of time in Chicago and New York, when I think of those two cities, grit is a word that certainly comes to mind. So I, th- I think that's a great response. Thank you. Gil Quinones is the CEO of ComEd. With Great Power is produced by GridX in partnership with PostScript Media. Delivering on the clean energy future is complex. GridX exists to simplify the journey. GridX is the enterprise rate platform that modern utilities rely on to usher in our clean energy future. We design and implement emerging rate structures, and we increase consumer investment in clean energy, all while managing the complex billing needs of a distributed grid. Our production team includes Aaron Hardick, Stephen Lacey, Dalvin Abawaji, and Camille Stennis, all from PostScript Media. The original theme song and mixing came from Sean Marquand. The GridX production team includes Jenny Barber and me, Brad Langley. If this show is providing value for you, and we really hope it is, please help us spread the word. You can rate and review us at Apple and Spotify, or you can share a link with a friend, colleague, or the energy nerd in your life. As always, thanks for listening. I'm Brad Langley.